If you pick up a print issue of Bitch Magazine, maybe the first place you turn is the last page. For the past six years, the last page of Bitch Magazine has always been reserved for a comic about feminist history. The Adventures in Feministry comic has profiled people ranging from musician Betty Davis to cyborg anthropologist Donna Haraway. In addition to highlighting feminist in history, the comic gives great print space to talented comics artists working today. In the summer print issue of Bitch, comics artist Mari Naomi profiled performance artist Gloria Tuyon Park for Adventures in Feministry. Mari Naomi herself is the author of several raw, emotionally honest autobiographical comics, including Kiss and Tell about dating misadventures, and most recently, Dragon's Breath and Other True Stories which is full of personal stories about identity, rebellion, and growing up, and was nominated for an Eisner Award. She also created and maintains the Cartoonists of Color database. Mari Naomi talked about her work and her history comic with Bitch Media art director Kristen Rogers-Brown. Well, let's talk a little bit about Gloria. What made her so, what made her fascinating to you? I mean, so I, the first I heard of her, uh, a friend of mine told me about this, mysterious Asian-American performance artist uh, who, who worked with wigs and painted her eyebrows blue. And I was just intrigued by just that little tidbit. So for folks maybe who are listening who haven't had a chance to pick up the issue and see the comic, one of the things when you pitched um, this idea to us that I was really excited about was um, you mentioned that she was basically wearing outfits made out of steak and chicken liver long before Lady Gaga was, you know, even a sparkle in pop culture's eye, which I was like, yeah, let's talk about her. <laughs> Plus wigs, which sounded Plus very wigs. exciting. <laughs> it, it, yeah, yeah, there's there so much about it that was really intriguing. When I, when I set out for it, I didn't know if she was alive even, what mm -hmm. her deal was. And yeah, the more I unearthed about her, there's just little tidbits online. As you sort of started drafting um, versions of the comic, I sort of noticed that about your um, your versions of the comic too. It was like each new draft, um, a little bit more of her story sort of teased out, which I thought was fascinating, both about your process of making the comic, as well mm -hmm. as maybe what you were discovering, you know, as you learned more about her. That was really fun. Uh, probably my favorite part about it was letting her see the comic in its various forms and having her correct me um, about this or that or her intentions because it it, it, I learned more about her and it helped me understand her art more and just art in general more. I mean, that's, that's why I make art and that's why I consume art is I just want to know about other people. So... Um, how often does someone get the opportunity to sit down or, you know, not literally, but you know, talk to somebody they admire and have, have, have their art opened up to them like a flower? It was just such a great experience. Yeah, that's, that's kind of amazing. That's pretty unique. And I think um, yeah. a lot of people think of illustration, design, writing, all of those things as being such a solitary experience. And um, it's interesting because it's not like we as makers can't socialize with people, investigate things, <laughs> you know, speak to humans, etc. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I think... I it, mean, it's, it's so hard for an artist to, to 
to get their message across. I was just talking to a writer friend of mine who um, recently had her first negative comments uh, on an article that she wrote, and, and we, were, we were sort of talking about trolls and, percep- and perception of artwork, and, and I was telling her, in my experience, even the people who, who, who are your admirers, even your biggest fans, they're never going to get you everyone brings to the table their own sort of experiences and they're viewing your art through their lens, which is not ever going to be close, even close a lot of the time to what you think you're putting out. And the most thing you've ever hoped for is that you make, you make someone happy or you make someone feel something or a connection to your work, even though it might not be the connection that you intended it to be. And, and I think that's what was really special um, about talking to her is that you know, I, I came to the table with my own sort of expectations and my own appreciation for her art and and my own ideas of, okay, well, what does this mean? Or the meat outfit, for instance, or, or, or more specifically, um, that there was a, a, she shaved off all her body hair and all the hair off her head and in order to make a wig off it later, but she categorized each piece and she used a video camera as a mirror it's a, so a tv screen that she's as she's being videotaped as a mirror which is kind of the opposite of a mirror because you're seeing yourself um straight on as opposed to uh in reverse so that made it very difficult and i i had my own concept of what that meant and i thought that was and 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 she sort of set me straight about oh this is what i did and this is this is what i didn't do and i, I don't know it, it was such a unique opportunity definitely to get not just an artist statement, but to have every single bit of it explained. And it's just, I, I wish I could get that from all artists. <laughs> yeah, I think about that when I read fiction, too. And I know mm. that you're, I know you're a writer, um, not only of comics, but that you've written essays and all sorts of different kinds of, st- you're a storyteller of many different kinds. So um, I think you probably have a unique perspective on that. Um, I feel like visual visual art is um is easier to misunderstand it than well it's all misunderstood <laughs> <laughs> but that's not necessarily a bad thing it's it's just very interesting to see what people take away I used to I used to correct people when they they misconstrued something in my art or they took something away from the story and but now I just kind of go with it I I, I don't want to really affect how people view it, especially if they feel like they're connected with it, because um, who am I? I mean, once I once I put the art out there, that's, to me, I feel like that's, that's the end of my job. And I wonder if your process of, of making comics, especially since they are so personal, um, has changed for you. Um, oh, it's constantly changing. How are your comics like, so different um, now, maybe, like, than they were, like, a decade ago? Oh, gosh. I could tell you how different they are now than a minute ago. ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I feel like every, every, every time I make a comic, I, it's just like, like the stupid, tortured artist I am, uh, how I see her as faults, and so I'm constantly learning, and I see the fault, okay, I try not to replicate that the next go round and then, you know, try not to do that again, you know, the new faults, try not to commit those faults again. Um, so there's that. I mean, I, I like to think that I'm always growing. I wonder, too, as somebody who's made um, a lot of um, really personal work, um, 
especially, you know, I think about having read your first book where I guess I feel like you have a really open heart and I think it, it deals with a lot of risks and extremes and, and feelings that are really deeply felt. Um, I wonder if people have, do you, do you think that people experience you differently as a writer creator, um, because you make such autobiographical comics? Differently how? Rather than somebody maybe who is just creating fiction? I feel like when people connect with my work, they think they're connecting with me, mm. which is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it's people that I've never met, because people I don't, I've never met before will come up to me like they know me, and um, which is really awesome, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kind of gives people, you an in socially a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I love it. People, complete strangers will tell me such personal things about their lives, and I love that. I'm, I'm by my nature, I am a too much information person. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, the other day at ALA, a person came up to me and he said, I don't know if you remember me. And I said, of course I do. The last time I saw you, you were um, bent over a toilet vomiting everywhere. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I can imagine why he doesn't remember that incident. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, but to make him feel better, I told him some a very, very like embarrassing personal thing of my own, and he's like, "Oh, wow!" But <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, "Quid pro quo." I just don't want you to feel awkward. But here's something really awkward and embarrassing about me. <laughs> oh my gosh, I do that too. Actually, that's really? that may be one of the things that I like about you. It's like someone just did something embarrassing. Now watch me break something or <laughs> barf on you. I mean, but also a difference than a, than a fiction writer, for example, um, although I do write fiction, I just haven't put it out there yet, um, but I feel like fiction write, writers are often judged by their work, whereas memoirs are often judged by the contents of the memoir and how likable the protagonist is and, and stuff like that. Uh, I, I, I see that a lot of personal reviews and say, oh, I don't think I'd like her. This is, I'm giving this no stars. Or, so they're really, you feel like they're maybe judging the person, not the work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it's fine because I'm, I'm in a way, I'm sort of create, like reinventing myself or creating a perception of myself, um, which is not my intention when I set out to write memoir. I just wanted to tell a good story. But, right. I've seen you do interviews elsewhere where you say that you've done essays and poetry. Um, mm-hmm. What made you really find comics? What really fascinated you with that as a medium? I mean, my, my goal was always to be a novelist. Oh, interesting. But, Cause I was probably in my early twenties when I first read a comic um, that spoke to me and it was uh, an alternative theme type comic um, I don't know. I, I I found them so fascinating. I loved how personal they were, and I and I and I loved how they were so unpretentious. And um, I read them for years until finally I thought, gosh, I could I should do this. This is really fun. And I mean, essays and novels and comics and uh, paintings and collage. They, I feel like they all use separate parts of the brain and one thing that I liked about comics was they, they kind of they, they kind of use the part of the brain that 
you know, when you're writing, and they also kind of use the art part of the brain, but there's also, it also tickles like a different part of the brain that I can't quite define. It's almost like learning another language, and it's kind of hard to unlearn now when I'm when I'm writing uh, a fiction novel because I'm the other part, like cartoony part of my brain, is like, wait, use me, use me. Here, yeah. I'm going to make you forget how to write. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you rely on that second story or the the linking of the stories, maybe. Yeah, yeah, um, but I mean, it's it's really just one of the things that I do, and like for for the moment, it seems to be the one that's taken off. But I'm not writing off the other ones just yet. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Red beans and rice, greasy bacon in the pot. Red beans and rice, greasy bacon in the pot. That was Bitch Media art director Kristen Rogers Brown in conversation with comics artist Mari Naomi. Her Adventures in Feministry comic can be found on the last page of the blue issue. Ham and eggs with boys and me.